This is David Meerman Scott, co-author of Fanocracy, turning fans into customers and customers into fans. And you are listening to Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. Hello, and welcome to this hopefully short-lived series that will be airing in addition to the weekly marketing book podcast interviews. I'm your host, Douglas Burdett, and my goal is to reconnect you with past guests on the marketing book podcast, share some ideas and inspiration, and maybe a much-needed laugh or two. I've interviewed over 200 authors on the show, and my plan is to continue this series until I run out of authors or quarantine, whichever comes first. A word of warning... The host and guest may very likely be consuming cocktails during these conversations. If you'd like to join the conversation, go to marketingbookpodcast.com and click on the orange button to record your question or comment, and I may include it in a future episode. I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat. So, David Meerman Scott, welcome to Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. Where are you? How are you doing? What a concept, Douglas. Yes. I don't know that it'll be as funny as uh, Jerry Seinfeld's, but I can dream, can I? And uh, are, are you in the? Are you at home in the Boston area? I am. I'm at home in the Boston area. My wife and I are here, and it's actually been great. We have a we have a nice house. It's got. We went through a renovation project a couple of years ago, um, and um, the good thing is we like one another. So it's working out great. Very important. And you all have been married a while, too. Indeed. Um, we're uh, coming up on 30 years, which is a remarkable thing. Wow. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> I guess you. I should say cheers since, this, uh, since we're both having cocktails cheers. right now. I'm yes. drinking red wine and very happy about it. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for doing your, your part. And so, I mean, other than probably staying at home quite a bit, what's, what's changed in your world? I, I always see pictures of you in other countries, <laughs> traveling no, around, I, talking, you know, giving keynotes. Yeah. Did all that suddenly stop for the rest completely, of the year? Completely, completely stopped. So the last presentation, live, pres live in-person presentation I did was the first or second day of March, I can't remember which, at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And I came home from that, and I had a whole bunch of speaking gigs booked for the next, um, well, throughout the year. And everything uh, currently through June has been either canceled or postponed. Um, one of them in July that I knew I was going to get um, ended up there, ended up not doing their event. Um, I've still got some that are that are on the books for August and onwards, but who knows whether they'll continue. So, so I'm like, wow, you know, I'm normally getting on airplanes flying <laughs> all over the world. What am I going to do now? So I actually went through three stages of grief, I think, Douglas. The, the first stage was like, um, I was, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I was kind of um, in a daze for like a week. And all I could do was watch the watch um, uh, the different news feeds, mm. um, NewYorkTimes.com New and Boston. I live in Boston, BostonGlobe.com and uh, Washington Post and some other news feeds. I was just like staring at them and not knowing what to do. And then the second week kicked in and I'm like, wow, you know, this is perhaps an opportunity and started to think about what I could be doing. And I actually then very quickly after about another week, um, I, I actually think this is a really hopeful time mm. because we can all re rethink what we're doing. And um, 
you know, in the world that I write about marketing and communications and sales, um, and especially the new book that you kindly had me on to talk about recently, Fanocracy, mm-hmm. turning fans into customers and customers into fans, this is an opportunity to th- to rethink how your organization is building fans. And, um, and I've had a, a whole bunch of people reach out in various ways to look at what we can do together during this time. So, um, so I think it's a great opportunity. When, once you once you get through those first stages of of being dazed and then being like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? To then finally, hey, this is great. I'm actually working now more hours than I did prior to COVID nineteen. Oh, really? Well, you know, David, in Fanocracy, one of the things that was very important that you talked about how successful companies turn these customers into fans is uh, being near them and having yes. actual events and letting them participate. What yes. What about all that? We're just going to have to wait on, on, on those things? Well, yes, it's interesting that um, that 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 idea of being physically close to people, which is rooted in neuroscience, because we humans are um, is very important to us. We're hardwired to want to be part of a tribe of people, and when you're close to your tribe, you feel safe and comfortable. Really important stuff. It was like huge chapter in the book. Um, but there is another aspect of neuroscience, which you may remember, the idea of mirror neurons, the idea that your brain fires when you see or even just hear somebody doing something. Like right now, Douglas, I am going to take another sip of red wine. <laughs> well, let me join you. I'm uh, uh, having my uh, single malt scotch here. And oh, my gosh. I, and I chose a great bottle. Um, what it's are a, you drinking? wonderful Italian red and, um, you know, nice and deep and sort of, I think they would call it cherry notes and my mouth kind of puckers up a little bit and, you know, it's like, God, I love red wine. It's my thing, you know? And so do I, and and I would like to say to the listener, um, if it is the uh, cocktail hour and it's up to you to decide, uh, when the cocktail hour is okay, (laughs) feel free to join David and myself. It may be different during COVID-19. Your cocktail hour may change the, the, the hours of the day. So as I take that sip of wine, my taste buds are firing like crazy. But just listening to me take a sip of wine and run it around in my mouth and thinking about red wine, your taste buds fire too. That's the concept Mm -hmm. of, of mirror neurons. So here's where it becomes really interesting right now, Douglas. I've been I've been on Interestingly, I've been a guest on probably nearly 10 webinars in the last couple of weeks as some events that were physical have gone virtual and other people use the opportunity to create virtual events. And at every single one of those, I've been talking about how important it is to use video right now. Because we humans are hardwired to want to be part of a tribe, and we completely lose that when you're doing social isolation. You, you, you are not part of your physically part of your tribe. Through mirror neurons, through video, you can actually have a relationship to, with people as if they were in the same room. If, the, if you crop that video as if you were about four feet away from somebody, that's called personal space, which we're not allowed to do in, uh, during COVID-19 because you've got to keep social distance. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to get closer than 
I think they say six feet, although my wife tells me it should be further away, but six feet away from someone and you should be wearing a mask. That sounds like a marital issue for someone married uh, for almost 30 years, but uh, please. We won't, well, when, when the wife says you have to be further than six feet, you get further than six feet. That's how you keep a marriage. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was wondering how you did it, because I think we've only been married 28 years, so uh, yeah. It's really easy, you know, and if I say something and I'm firmly to her, she's like cool about it and same thing. Well, um, but, that's but, one of the but, benefits of marrying, uh, I think we both married very smart women. So, Oh, yeah. Well, smart enough to marry us, right? <laughs> well, um, that was the only lapse in judgment my, my wife had, but anyway. <laughs> so if you crop your video as if it's four feet away, so, you know, roughly the camera's four feet away, depending on how much zoom it has, uh, and you're, you look at the camera, you're natural, um, you have a, uh, a you know, a, a conversational tone, looking directly at the camera, shoot some video, put that up on your social networks like LinkedIn or whichever social networks you're active in, perhaps put it on one of the channels like YouTube, if you create a channel, um, or even just put it onto your own website, um, that's really powerful stuff right now because we can't get physically close to people. However, we still can get close to people in the virtual sense through mirror neurons. People think you're actually in the same room. Now, intellectually, I know I'm not in the same room as someone who's on video, but our mirror neurons tell us we are. And that's exactly why you feel you know a movie star. So this is a great technique that we can all use right now. Shoot videos, shoot them at home, shoot them wherever you're quarantined. Um, even have a glass of wine in your hand like I do right now and um, look at that camera. Um, you know, I, I As if you're shoot, four feet away? As if you're four feet away, shoot a video a day or something, put it up there, and you can grow fans right now even in this quarantine period. And uh, interestingly enough, I know that um – our mutual friend Marcus Sheridan is working on another mm -hmm. book, and it's going to be specifically about video. He and Tyler Lesser are doing it. He's the uh, CEO oh. of Vidyard, and I actually use them for some of my video hosting. They have a really cool app that I like, um, and they're putting a book together. They actually reached out to me a couple of days ago about it, so that's exciting. Terrific. Yeah, that's, that's great, and I didn't realize he was doing it with the good folks at uh, Vidyard, which I use, which is also uh, very much a plugged in with the whole HubSpot platform, which uh, yes. we both use. And uh, I, you're still an advisor to HubSpot, right? I am. I am. I have been for since 2007, back when I was a teenager. You were the first um, one, right? I, I was. I was the original advisor to HubSpot. They had fewer than 10 employees and no customers at the time I joined them. <laughs> and now they can't get rid of you. Seven no, exactly right. I just like I'm a like like you know the the bad glass of wine sitting there that no one wants to drink. Um, no, that's not true. I've I've really enjoyed working with them for the last 13 years, and I still am an advisor. And um, Brian Halligan and I are buddies. He's the CEO of HubSpot, and um, recently I did a um, a course for HubSpot Academy on the ideas of fanocracy and how to grow a fans. And it's a free course available for anyone who wants to take it. It's about an hour and a half of content all on video. And we actually get in deep into this idea of mirror neurons and how to shoot videos. So that's available at HubSpot Academy. Well, you're clearly reading my sheet because uh, what I was going to say is, you know, what some people can do during this downtime. I saw a a study today uh, of 2,000 people in the United Kingdom, and 80% said they were planning on working on self-improvement while they're mm. sheltering in place. Now, that could be yes. gardening or 
you know, learning to play a, a musical instrument or something. But or for working me, on fit, working on fitness for a lot of people, I'm told. Oh yeah, I guess at, at home because my gym is is yeah. closed. But what I was going to say for all those marketers and salespeople and business people who listen to the Marketing Book Podcast, HubSpot Academy is one of my favorite resources. And yeah, they do a great job. Ever, even I have gotten two more certifications since things slowed down. And at, at my firm, we kind of have a schedule for everyone to plan on having a certain number of them during the year, or maybe a new one. And uh, and then as a partner, there's there's a few others. So I've picked up two more. And every, I think that uh, I'm making these numbers up, but there could be 25 of them, and only like four have to do with the HubSpot product. And they're Oh yeah, all I, the other, I, almost I all of them are there free. There might be more than that. I, I might be wrong, but there, there are, and they're really well produced. Because, um, I mean, I know because I created a course for them mm-hmm. um, with, with my daughter Reiko, who's my co-author in Fanocracy. She's uh, now twenty-seven, um, and we went into the HubSpot studio. We we're there for a full day. And we had two months of planning prior to that about what we were going to shoot in the form of video. And there's PDF documents. It's a really, really, really well done program. So, yeah, big fan of there. There's that word again. Big fan. Big fan. (laughs) Well, yeah, but the uh, and I have not taken that one, uh, I'm afraid. So I didn't see I didn't dig into it because there was one that I was getting recertified on. But what happens is my point is that they're free and they're not about the HubSpot product. (laughs) Almost all of them. And the ones that are about the product, you really need to be a customer. In other words, I think, in fact, you have to be a customer in order to get any benefit out of the ones that are making sure that you're certified on their software. But almost all of them are very broad, and there's an enormous outreach that HubSpot has towards the uh, academic community for professors of marketing and sales and all those kinds of things. And I really think that uh, people would do well to sit down and start knocking some of those out. And what's really cool is that once you pass the certification test, whatever one it is, and there are a lot of them about sales, which are really good, you then it then appears on your LinkedIn profile. And guess who's looking for those kinds of skills? <laughs> Recruiters. Exactly. So I think it's a, you know, whether you ever use their product or not again or ever, um, those are really well done. And I know some of the folks at HubSpot Academy, as do you. And I know that uh, for the for the certifications they've had for a number of years, they go back and they study. I mean, like any good company, they, they iterate constantly. First off, they're always having to update the material. And second off, uh, they are watching what people are getting right and wrong in the exams. <laughs> and yeah, then going back right. and repurposing like, oh, maybe we could explain this wow. better. So that's why that's they're- That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, Crystal King runs that group. She's awesome. Um, and they really, yeah, they really do a great job putting those courses together. I, you remind, it kind of reminds me that I, I need to, to go d- dig into the catalog and maybe take a course myself right now. Yeah, they've got a lot of, of, of new ones and they've got a big one on social media that one of my colleagues just took, which is, you know, I may take four or five hours to get it done, but it's really- uh, very well done, and I think that almost anywhere else you'd be paid for it. I am in no way compensated <laughs> by yeah. spot for this. I'm just a fan. I'm just a fan. Yes. So well, and that's and that's precisely precisely why I'm a fan of HubSpot is that they do things like HubSpot Academy and their great blog and their great video channel and so on. All of these things they create 
with absolutely no expectation of anything in return. And it's all free and you don't have to be a customer. And that builds fans and then fans, some of them become customers. And so it's a really cool thing that that anybody can do. You know, that's the idea of what I call a fanocracy is you build fans and then the fans become your customers and then that drives your business forward. So many people do essentially the opposite. They just try to sell you stuff and wrestle you to the the ground with a put a pen in your hand till you sign on the dotted line. The old school kind of sales approach that we're familiar with from the you know, a couple of decades ago, but so many companies are still practicing that. And I, after five years of research around this idea of building fans, there's no question that it's a really powerful way to build a business, build fans first, then the business comes. So these are things that are really happening. And it makes me uh, laugh because when you talk about HubSpot, years ago, I was just starting to blog. Well, I should back up and explain. And David doesn't want me to explain this, but (laughs) David has written uh, one of the two books that have had the biggest impact on my career. And the first one that David didn't write was after I got out of the Army and I decided, you know, went back to school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And somehow uh, I got to read Ogilvy on advertising and I said, that's it that's what I want to do. And next thing I knew, I was off working in New York City at big ad agencies Mm. and doing that for a number of years and then started my own firm years ago and then started to notice that whole world (laughs) was just (laughs) drifting away. It was unmoored and and even more so now. Mad men no longer apply. Yeah. And let me tell you something, David Merman Scott. When when it was the Mad Men era, that stuff worked. We had captive audiences and we could shout at them. And uh you know, I didn't like being shouted at, of course, but I didn't mind making those commercials and watching the client's market share go up almost in proportion to your share of, of voice. So anyway, all that started changing, and I started thinking, gosh, darn it, I loved that line of work. It's all going away. I'm too young to tire. And so I, stumb- I, I went back to what I'd done in grad school. I was reading a bunch of books, and I stumbled upon your first edition of The New Rules of Marketing and PR. And that became, looking back, I didn't know it at the time. Of course, you know, you never appreciate these things. Looking back, I remember thinking, that's where it's all going. I felt like I had a second bite uh, at the career apple. And so I I started a blog and I started doing things that this guy with three names uh, was talking about (laughs) in his book. And then I started downloading things from this uh, marketing software company called HubSpot. I didn't know where they were. I didn't know what they did. But I was downloading them and then like linking to articles that they had done and, you know, urging people to download their stuff. And one day a phone call came in and I don't normally answer the phone at work because, you know, that's, that's pretty much been ruined, but, but fortunately mm-hmm. caller ID, I can pick up if it's somebody I know. And it said HubSpot on there. Oh, and wow. I thought, oh, wait a minute. I think, wait a minute. I know that name. And I picked it up and it was a salesman who still works at HubSpot, Brian Nolte. And he said, hey, Douglas, we saw you downloaded a bunch of things for our site. Uh, Is there anything you're looking for help with? And did you find what you were looking for? And I remember, (laughs) notice how he didn't try to sell me anything. Yeah. I remember he said, I said, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, HubSpot, I really like that stuff on your website. And I said, I have no idea what your company does, but I really like the stuff on your website. (laughs) Nice. And he laughed and said, we hear that a lot. Yeah. Well, anyway, long story short, 
one week later, I was a customer. Wow. And uh, wow. so all these years later, uh, you know, I've gone to the conference and all that sort of thing, but that was a- Well, and didn't we first meet in person at the conference? Yes, yes. And that yeah, was- Yeah, remember um, distinct, I remember distinctly that you you wandered up to me. I forget, I forget what I was doing at- it might be at one of the receptions or or cocktail hours or something. You wandered up. Hey, I just remember you were trying to get away from me in the most urgent no, way. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I remember that, and I, I think you may have even said, "I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Would you be interested in being on?" I'm pretty sure that's what you said when we first met. It was 2012, and it was the Heinz Convention Center in Boston. And uh, a part of my pathology is that. Um, and this is, makes perfect sense why I started this podcast, was I had read your book on a Kindle, but I was going uh, to Inbound uh, for the first time, the conference they have, which was, uh, I think, only 2,300 people that year. Now it's like 20,000. I know, it's huge. I bought a copy of your book, put it in the suitcase, flew to Boston, carried it with me in hopes that nice. I would run into you. <laughs> I love it. And uh, so, then you got the restraining order and I'm cool with that, David, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, all good. Uh, I I I'm 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 I appreciate it. Well, I'm a geek like that too with the things right, that I with love. all the live music. I get it. I get it on both sides. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, and then your wife was there and uh then I ran you, you a couple other times and then you were yeah. very nice enough to be the very first guest on the marketing book podcast. So now you yep. can't get rid of me and you're the uh it's official. You are the godfather of the marketing book podcast. Oh so. my gosh. I am so honored that you can't even believe it. <laughs> We've discussed that. So what are some other things that you're seeing people doing that's surprising you? I guess I want to say the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm seeing a lot of crap, excuse my language. Mm. Um, I don't normally say crap on the air, but I've had a glass of wine. <laughs> so first of all, I see a lot of people trying to sell stuff on the back of COVID-19. So like, COVID-19, it's terrible, buy this. So many people, you know, that they believe that their product is perfect for this new situation we're in. Um, so that's really annoying. Like the Diamond Store radio ad I heard oh, today. There's so many different, There's, I mean, I've seen, I'm sure every single person listening to this has had uh, multiple occasions where they've opened an email or whatever, and it's like, yeah, 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 COVID-19, you know, free shipping. <laughs> it's like right what? or hand sanitizer. I'm getting these emails from companies I've never <laughs> seen, and I don't know how they got past the spam filters. But yeah. I'm seeing that it's, it's it's kind of a you know it's like people are dying, guys. Um, but then I'm also seeing incredible acts of generosity, and that's what I really love. I love when companies, people, organizations are doing something that's interesting that. There's no expectation of anything in return. I mean, look at you. You've started this little initiative to branch off and do something fun uh, for people with the marketing authors that you um, that you talk with. You know, we're just having another little chat, glass of wine, glass of whiskey, whatever it might be, and that's really cool. So I, I'm I'm digging that some companies get it, and you know, it's not an opportunity to overtly sell, but it is an opportunity, perhaps to generate more fans. Um, so that's that's kind of exciting to me. And I promised you an update on my daughter, Reiko. Yes, May please. I share? So Reiko is my co-author on Fanocracy. And the book we wrote together that came out in January that was a, an episode that we kindly recorded, um, Douglas. And um, as you know, 
Reiko and I spent five years researching and, and, and writing the book and, and exciting when it came out. And at the time that we were writing, she was in medical school and she was scheduled to graduate from Boston University School of Medicine in middle of May 2020, um, mm. as we're recording this a month from now. And then she was uh, scheduled to begin her residency in the middle of June. So she um, is planning to be an emergency room doctor uh, and applied for her residency and it was accepted to Bo um, Boston Medical Center, mm. which is the largest um, level one trauma center in all of New England uh, and um, Boston's largest hospital. It's also the hospital la last resort for Boston, which means they take people with no insurance and homeless people and so on. So two weeks ago, the four medical schools schools in Massachusetts, Tufts, Harvard, Boston University, and the University of Massachusetts got together and agreed to graduate all their new doctors two months early. And then the governor of Massachusetts, Charlie Baker, agreed to grant them their MD licenses two months early. Mm. So as we're speaking at this exact moment, Reiko will graduate in next week, and she will then almost... Cert the date's not set, but almost certainly go right into Boston Medical Center as a newly minted MD in the emergency department at the front lines of fighting COVID-19. So on one hand, I'm incredibly proud of her. On the other hand, I'm a bit of a nervous father as if I'm sending my daughter off to war. Mm -hmm. And in, in fact, that's kind of where she's going. She's going to be on the front lines of this fight. And so... I know that there's some people who are listening in who have read the book because I've actually gotten a number of people who've emailed me or hit me up on social networks that said they learned about fanocracy on the Marketing Book Podcast. So yes, if you're listening in right now, those of you who learned about the book on Douglas's podcast, you are hearing the update on Reiko right now. And um, hopefully everyone send, her, everyone send her good vibes because hopefully she'll end up helping a lot of people and being safe herself. But I started an, an initiative, Douglas, I wanted to share with you and the listeners. It's called uh, Project Live Fanocracy, and it's livefanocracy.com is the URL. And what I'm doing is I'm doing one-on-one -on -one calls with people at a nominal fee, either 20 minutes or one hour at a nominal fee. And then all of the money I raise 100% after my expenses like credit card fees is going to go to the Boston Medical Center COVID-19 fund, which will support the efforts of RACO to save as many people as, and her colleagues, of course, to save as many people as possible in Boston who are fighting um, this disease. And so I figured, you know, I was, been talking throughout this podcast about this idea of giving back and I was trying to figure out how I can give back and one of the things that has kind of bummed me out not only am I not traveling the world giving speeches which I love to do but even more importantly I'm not able to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people like I'm used to doing at the coffee breaks after my talk or at the cocktail reception or at the dinner or the lunch you know I love that that's how you and I met is just meeting up at one of those you know receptions kind of spontaneously um, spontaneously and I miss that so I wanted to figure out, number one, how I could help people in this COVID-19 situation. Number two, how I could still have these one-on-one -on -one conversations that I love. And number three, how I could potentially help 
battle COVID-19. So all of those three things came together at, uh, and it's at livefanocracy.com. And anyone who wants to have a one-on-one with me, talk about fandom, talk about the new rules of marketing and PR, or just chit-chat about red wine, book, book a meeting and all the profit goes to support Boston Medical Center. Oh, wow. And if can folks also, I'm, I'm there right now, we're going to include a link to it at your at this episode's uh, show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And is there any other way people can um, donate if they don't want to take up your time? Yeah, there's actually a link there to that particular uh, fund, the the Boston Medical Center COVID-19 fund. But, you know, I would encourage anybody to donate to whatever uh, legitimate charity is in your area that supports, that, that you'd like to contribute to. My wife and I have also contributed to the Greater Boston Food Bank. Um, in the last couple of weeks, we contributed to the Boston City COVID-19 fund. Um, and then also I'm privately contributing. Um, I It's not technically a contribution but i'm trying my best to order takeout as much as i can because mm-hmm. i used to go, we used to go to restaurants a lot yeah. and i give i give enormous tips um you know if my meal is 50 bucks i'll give a 50 dollar tip i just you know i just want to support people as much as i can and in this tough time and i um, you know, i'm fortunate i've got money in the bank i'll be fine but other people aren't as fortunate as me and I want to spread it out as much as I can. So yeah, yeah, if if anybody wants to donate to BMC, there is a link on that page. Um, If they don't want to, if they, if they'd rather not talk to me, that's totally cool. (laughs) Well, you know, they may think, Oh, I want to give, but I don't want to take up his time. But uh, look, folks, if David Merriman Scott will talk to this knuckleheaded podcaster, he'll talk to you and uh, (laughs) and he'll, uh, he'll over deliver. I just got to say, God bless your daughter, and and may He protect her as well. Um, Thank you, thank you very much, Douglas. It's um, it's a really it's a really interesting moment in my life and in her life. You know, she's wanted to be a doctor since she was a teenager. She's persevered over four years of undergraduate, four years of of medical school, and who would have thought that the week she is granted her MD will be the peak of COVID-19 in Massachusetts. I mean, you can't make that up. If that was in a novel, you would say it was BS. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what it reminds me of on, on a personal level? And, you know, I've, I've been reading some scotch here, so I'm just going to share this with you. My dad <laughs> went to West Point, the U.S. Military Academy, oh, wow. and World War II started while he was there. And they said, uh, we told you this is going to be four years. It's going to be three. We need you to go... <laughs> fight the wow. war. And Did they, they graduate him? They graduated him. Yeah. He graduated oh, nice. his whole yeah. class left a year early. And next thing he knew he was later a 24 year old company commander fighting in Europe. Wow. And so wow. that's where Hen- hence artillery marketing. Right? Well, no, I was in the artillery when I was, uh, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just winding you up. He was in the infantry and had he lived to see me go into the artillery, maybe there would have been some issues, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, um, my, so, so the same thing happened to Reiko. It wasn't a year. It was only two months, but same thing happened well, to her. It's kind like, of similar where they circumstances took over and they said, We've got to get you on the front lines, and yes. she is on the front lines. And yes. as listeners may know, I mentioned this uh, uh, recently. My son is an EMT, oh. and so he's dealing with you know folks like uh, Reiko all the time. And honestly, you know, you said you were kind of worried about your daughter. I know exactly what you're talking about because my wife was starting to get worried about him primarily, and then she was also worried and. 
you know, said he might be bringing this home to us. Next mm. thing we knew, so, you know, we j- you just don't know what to do. There's a lot of listeners that don't quite know what to do. Right. All th- so we're in the Virginia Beach area and all these hotels at the Virginia Beach oceanfront, as they are in Vegas and everywhere, they're pretty much empty. So yes. a company, and I, I can tell you exactly who they are because I, I, they deserve to be mentioned, Diamond Resorts. They own hotels, I guess, all over the place. They said, look, if there's any frontline medical people that need a hotel room who don't want to go share this with their families or whatever, our, our hotels are open to you. Wow, that's awesome. He packed up his car and took off. He's now at the, and no charge. And they said, stay wow. here for a month and then we'll see what happens. That's and awesome. Just, and so when that's you said great. these companies that talk about this generosity, it's it's just uh, it's just amazing. And we're really uh, grateful for, for, for these companies that are doing these things. And I think there's a lot more good things happening than, than bad. I, I see, a, I see a lot of good things happening. And this is your, your, this example, can you name the hotel group again? Di- Diamond Resorts. Diamond Resorts. I mean, that's, that is exactly what we were talking about. You know, it's giving. And they a didn't gift know I was going to no, say it. <laughs> right. No, that's exactly right. Giving a gift with no expectation of anything in return. Now, you and your family, if if you're going to a city where they happen to have one of those resorts, you'll pick them, and you're talking about it here on your podcast, and you're talk. You'll talk about it with your friends and neighbors over the next years, and that's exactly what we're talking about here. This is how you build fans. So, what a cool example. Apple. Yeah. So I, you know, I hope, uh, hope all goes well for Reiko. I, I Thank have you. a feeling she's not going to be writing any books with her dad for. No, this, this will not happen. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe one day, but not for the foreseeable future. Okay. Well, good. Well, listen, David, I really appreciate you coming on and having a, a cocktail with me and the listeners. And uh, you know, it feels good to, to hear you again and to, you know, uh, fill the listeners with some, some hope and some maybe some ideas for for action they can be taking. Thank you. It's it's I, I love what you do, Douglas. It's great, and I love and I think this is an, a really important added bonus to do these um, in, more informal chats um, with authors who are like me who are sitting at home waiting to talk to people like you. So thank you so much, and I hope you and your wife stay healthy. And God bless uh, Reiko, and and best wishes to her and. Everybody should sit check out uh, Live Fanocracy for a chance to talk to, to David, even if it's just to ask him about the Grateful Dead. Go ahead and do thank it. Thank you. Thank you. And, and also to your son. I hope he remains safe in his good work in, in keeping people um, happy and healthy in his work. Thank you.